This episode is brought to you by the YouTube channel Comic Pop. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. Hello everybody and welcome to Off the Rack, I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. This is our comic book review show where we take books from the past week and then recap them, review them, let you know what we thought about them, and then give you recommendations for books that are coming out this week we think you should pick up on New Comic Book Day. Uh, this is the full week before, no, Thanksgiving is two weeks from now. Is it? No, it's like next week. Oh. It's so we've got like a new comic book day this Wednesday, and then the following one will be right the the Wednesday before Thanksgiving for Mm -hmm. you you US folk. Exactly. Exactly. For the rest of you it's any other Wednesday and Thursday. Right, exactly. <laughs> For the rest of you, it's the holiday season already. Um, yeah. So yeah, before we just jump into it, I like to take this opportunity. Uh, I know that a lot of people hate it because they're like, no, just talk about the comic books. But no. like, I, I like to look at this as kind of like some house cleaning because it's our first opportunity of the week to talk to you directly and let, get, let you know some new business. What's going on with the channel? What's going on with the show? First of all, if you're not familiar with the show, we recap, review comics, and we're going to talk about them. It's sponsored by you actually out there who are watching this live. If you use those super chats you will uh, be able to ask a question or make a comment and then we'll read it here on the show and that will help us keep this thing together and the reason why it's more important than ever before mm-hmm. besides of course that and the patreon is um youtube had a big thing uh everyone was kind of like the sky is falling about it and uh i talked to a few colleagues uh basically the, the long and the short of it was channels had to basically declare whether they were a kids friendly channel or not Uh, For the most part, if you're a YouTuber, no, you're not. Straight up. Uh, Unless you, like, got into that industry or you're, like, a creep. In which case, good for you. Uh, But as a result, your channel will go into a different kind of bracket and Mm -hmm. you get different ads and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, Overall, it doesn't seem to have affected us nearly as detrimentally as it has affected other people, other colleagues of ours, in fact. But honestly, who knows? But we have no idea because the algorithm and whatnot. I like just saying algorithm. Uh, It's great that it's in my vernacular now. If I I can just say, I can just say algorithm and and people are like, right on, okay, yeah, no, I get it. Um, But yeah, uh, as a result, I've noticed a a little bit of a slowdown in our growth and uh, our revenue's doing Doing fine. Don't, don't say that out but loud. Don't what tell anybody. Exactly. I know. I know. But uh, we're doing. We're 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 weathering the storm so far. But the winds could change at any moment. So right. I wanted to mention that because we are seeing um, a, a decline in our growth in terms of subs and in terms of uh, views. And that's kind of like the big, you know, killer of new shows, new ideas. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but we just launched a new show called Savage Screen where we give audio commentaries. It used to be called Comic Pop Commentary or Comic Popcorn. Well, you went with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went with that. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's called Savage Screen. Basically, we're offering uh, commentaries for shows you can find that are legally available. Uh, we were originally going to start with uh, with DC Universe, but we thought, ah, Disney Plus just launched. There's a whole bunch of there's a slew of Marvel shows that I wanted the gang to watch. Mm-hmm. So the first episode's out. It'll be a weekly thing. I'll probably drop it Fridays or Saturdays uh, for the foreseeable future if it you know performs. Uh, but you might not know that because, and the reason why you might not know that the show even exists, uh, is because, uh, looking at the analytics, only 15% of the nearly 82,000 subs we have, have the notifications on. Oh. Yeah. 15%. Now, by the way, that's, you guys are great. that's pretty good. No, I mean like the 15%, you guys are. Yeah. You 15%, you notification squad out there, 15% of subscribers, according to YouTube, the average is about. 15 is about 10 to 30 percent 10 to 30 so we're right in that mid-range 
But that being said, 10 to 30%, that sucks. How can you say like, oh, well, that's not bad. Like 15% of 82,000 subs are clicking the bell, getting the notifications, letting you know when these videos come out. And I promise you, we're not doing 20 videos a week here at one o'clock in the morning. These are, these are maybe four videos a week and maybe they come out, back issues, latest one, maybe around 11, 12 at night on Eastern Coast, you know. But uh, yeah, I wanted to mention it because if you may not know that you're even part of the 15% or that you're not part of the 15%, and if you're not part of the 15%, please click the bell and get the- and, and, It's not and just click the bell, there's another step There's another right step, now. you actually have to tell, the, tell YouTube that you want to have notifications turned on for us. No, it's not. No, no, it's no, not. No, because you can. You can have it be on for everything. Right, but there's also, yeah, that's it. There's forever. Like, you can click. To, it's stupid. Yeah, it's really stupid. We'll get there. Uh, but we want to, you know, I, I wanted to take a minute just to kind of upfront say, like, hold your hand a little bit, not in a condescending way, but in a kind of like guiding, you know, teacher kind of way. Mm -hmm. Yo, like, here's how you can help if you want. To, to yeah, and hey, if you're also one of those people who, like me, sometimes my phone literally doesn't tell me when, like, Elseworlds goes live. Yeah, until you open, until I open the, the app. Until app. And so, like, another way, great, good way, if you want to get those notifications, would be to join the Discord, because Sal posts everything there, and that won't pick and choose. Yeah, and uh, Discord, a little easier to, to join than, like, Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. Uh, but every link for every social media we have is in the description below this video. Uh, so, please, explore. There's a lot of stuff in there. There's a subreddit, there's a Discord. There's yeah. an Instagram, a Twitter, a Facebook. Um, it's a lot of stuff. So I, check that out. So I, let's jump into them. Yeah. Uh, before I was going to be like, let's talk about comics. Yeah, before we get into the Super Chats, we're going to talk comics. So let's do that first. Uh, I want to talk about Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Blackest Night. Legit almost opened this up to read it, but like was running out of time. And then I saw how long this was. Oh, it feels, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is long. And I was like, I, no. So yeah. I'll just tell me about this because it is written by Tim Seeley, I yep. saw. And with I was art by like... Kyle Hotz or Hotz, who I have uh, celebrated before. Uh, I think he's the guy who did the Batman Detective Comics Spectre two-parter. Oh. Yeah. So he's got like a little bit of a, oh. a little bit of a Kelly Jones style yeah. going on there. Uh, so yeah, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Blackest Night, Tim Seeley, Kyle Hotz. Uh, this is what if the Blackest Night event ended differently than it did last time? That's the conceit of the Dark Multiverse series. It's the the, the underverse evil version of the DC Universe. What if comics? Tempest Fugonaut right. continues to watch her his way through it, looking desperately for a hero from the Dark Multiverse who can help them with the upcoming crisis that I'm sure Scott Snyder is writing. Yeah, but it's like it's the Dark Multiverse. I just feel like you're you're like yeah, maybe looking you're looking in the wrong place. In a haystack, yeah. But yeah, so uh, the conceit here is, of course, like, what if Blackest Night ended poorly? Like, what if it ended differently? The idea here being that, like, Sinestro was chosen as the uh, as the White Lantern uh, to resurrect everybody. And he failed, and he gets taken over by Necron, so he's like a half, he's like a Two-Face type character, uh, where he can, like, he's the giver of life and taker of life, and he's always, like, he's kept in an equilibrium because he's got the White Lantern ring, but, like... He's he's useless and he failed and his and his despair takes over and that's why Blackest Night continues uh, to propagate throughout the known DC universe uh, on this particular Earth. Okay. Uh, by the way, this is a Lobo book. In case you're not familiar with Lobo, he's the main man, Lazarnian, total badass, uh, Metallica roadie. Is this is Tempest looking here and being like, could Lo this Lobo be the hero that I need? No, kinda. Because Lobo's I the hero of the book, but. 
uh, at the end, Lobo right. turns out to not be great. But like, obviously, the this Tempest guy doesn't know that, and no. so like, I guess whatever hero he finds will be the most badass hero of all, right? Because they're able to be heroic in the dark multiverse. Well, I assume that the heroes would oh, be a child. Well, I would hope that he grabs a hero from each one, like so that you have like, you have like a Justice League of the Dark Multiverse, a right. Dark Justice League, if you will, mm. uh, not a Justly Dark. No. Uh, but I, I really expect like Lois from the Death of Superman story to be selected and but stuff like that. But she's not. Mm, no, but like they're they want to do good. It's not like they're. Mm. It's not like he's gonna pick some Black Lantern. He's gonna pick somebody who's actually like trying to right. keep back the, the 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 tide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so the idea here is that Lobo is hired by somebody out in the known universe to go get Dove of Hawk and Dove fame because Dove is the only one who is not infected on Earth. So Lobo goes to Earth, he grabs Dove, they kill a bunch of zombies, uh, Sinestro shows up, he joins the team, now it's the Wizard of Oz, they both jump on the Lobo. Wait, Lobo's... I thought Sinestro was infected by Necron. Yeah, no, but he's got the White Lantern ring, so he's, he's, ne he's neither, and both at the same time. So he's, he's a good guy, but also useless. So the, the, the whole team gets onto the bike, they go to, like, essentially New Genesis or the New Genesisian space, mm -hmm. uh, where they find that, like, the new gods have also been affected by the Black Lanterns. Right. Uh, you know, Big Bard is in there, the Furies, all that crap, uh, Darkseid as well. And it turns out the guy who hired Lobo was Mr. Miracle. Of course, because he can escape anything. Yeah, exactly. So Mr. Miracle escaped. Uh, he wants... He heard about Dove. He knows that she's the one who, the key to all of this, so to speak. So, uh, you know, he's hoping that he can use Dove. Uh, the plan here is he he's wants to, to do a magic trick. Ah, uh, kind of. Uh, he's going to go to the source wall. He's going to, like, focus white lantern energy or whatever the hell through Dove and then, uh, and, then and then undo the Blackest Night. Basically resurrect everybody. Right, so they go to the source wall. They're ready to go. Uh, Bard is there, you know, and Darkseid, and it's and and Darkseid obliterates Lobo because Lobo keeps getting caught up in this. So wait, is Darkseid also infected? Yes, he is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you you really can't tell the difference between Darkseid and Blackest Night Darkseid. <laughs> okay. Aside from like his cool Blackest Night skin you'd get from like Overwatch or an action figure. Uh huh. Uh, otherwise, I mean, like he's pretty much exactly the same. Okay. Is is you know. Yeah. Not not a whole lot of change there. Not so much, no. Okay. Uh, he obliterates Lobo with the Omega with the Omega beams, uh, but then Lobo <laughs> Lobo turns out to like reconstitute himself, but he's all over the place. So there's all these Lobos. So there's like twenty Lobos, and like, they're like, are they tiny? Yeah, they're they're littler and naked, and they're just like wrecking everything. Uh, <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, I know. So uh, you know, Hal Jordan and uh, Sinestro's daughter, who are of course former Green Lanterns who are now dead and Black Lanterns, they attack Sinestro. Sinestro uses his White Lantern ring because the thing is he can use the White Lantern ring to resurrect you for a second or two, but then the blackness, you know, absorbs them. So he uses the ring to reconstitute them, and then basically they, you know, for a second, so they can be like, nice, and then they go back to being Black Lanterns. So. Why doesn't can can he point it on himself on his other half to reconstitute? He doesn't have that idea. Like even just for a second, and then I he could use the White Lantern ring. He should. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, they 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 the plan works out. They're gonna set things up. They you know they 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 blast the the energy through Dove, and it turns out that what really it's gonna do is through Dove's hope and her you know pureness or whatever, uh, it's gonna basically reboot the universe. Oh. And everyone's gonna be resurrected, kinda. But more like we're gonna get a new universe out of it. 
Okay. So yeah, everyone will still die, but you know we'll get a new universe. But then out like of it. everybody will die, so it's okay. Yeah, uh, but uh, Mr. Miracle's like, oh, I can't live without Barda, so he snaps her neck. Just complete, just, just the writer goes, Tim Seeley goes, oh shit, right, this has to end bad. So then he's like, nah. So Mr. Miracle kills Dove, and then Lobo's like, what? I had a crush on her. So then he guts Mr. Miracle with, of course, his awesome, like, you know, Czarnian hook or whatever. Um, and then uh, Sinestro's like, lol, that was crazy. Uh, so basically they decide they're going to still do it, but they're going to reform the universe using Lobo. That's and a bad idea. Maybe Lobo's like hope and belief in Dove or whatever will work. Uh, so they do it and it reboots the universe and re the universe is basically seeded with Lobo. So all the creatures that like evolve from the ashes of this resurrection are Lobo inspired. So like you got like rat Lobos and ape Lobos and dinosaur Lobos and like basically, and all the Lobos of the universe are kind of like selfish and jerks and terrible. And uh, you know, so like the universe is new and, and everything and there's no more blackest night curse except that also everything and everyone is a lobo and uh sinestro's like oh that was a really bad plan he didn't get rebooted nah he stuck around so he's sad well because like everything like life got rebooted but like all the crap they left behind is still there so you know like your barn that you left behind in the blackest night yeah that barn's still there it it is the most slipshod version of the darkest night of the blackest night universe. It's it is very much like a what if back when what if was like huh, who cares and that's exactly how this feels. So it's very much a fun, silly, bad ending because they remembered oh crap this has to end with like a like a negative note. Uh, this is for but me. Then wouldn't she be brought back? Eh, no, no one gets brought back. So like, it, it's just weak. Like this is the thing that where I was like, wow, this betrays the like. You know, for for a little while, you think like, oh man, Tales of the Dark Multiverse is a great premise. It's gonna like, it's got legs. It's gonna last forever. Like, cause there's so many events or moments that you could like explore. But then it's like, oh right, like then you gotta like deliberately steer the story in that direction. And this was the first major dud of the three issues that I have been out. I would say so. Um, it's, but it's all, but, it, but unless you want it to be like, once Lobo shows up, you know that like, the joke is basically like tongue firmly planted in cheek. So yeah. if you're looking for that, um, you know, then you're going to really enjoy this book. The problem is because it's Dark Multiverse Blackest Night, you know the audience is looking for this. It's it's Green Lantern fans. It's the Spectrum War fans. Like these are people who are not interested in this being like a silly bullshit story. Right. Um, and so... When it becomes one, you know, you're going to be like, oh, you kind of sold me a bill of goods. Like, once I turn the page and I'm like, oh, Lobo's in this, um, which I kind of enjoyed, honestly. I kind of like the idea of Lobo being mm -hmm. in it. And Lobo being like, you know, yeah, I'm a good guy. Ho -ho. But, <laughs> I'll try this on. I'll try it. Why not? But, like, also, meh. Like, resoundingly meh to me. All right. That's how it felt. Um, but I, I, I recommend it if you're looking for, like a, like, a Keith Giffen kind of story. And Holt is wasted on this. He's not... Hots? Yeah, Hots? Holtz? I don't remember. Holtz? Yeah, Holtz. Um, but this wasn't the best book for him. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like, unless you're looking for, like, a book that looks like it was made as a joke in, like, 1997. That's exactly how this feels. This feels like, this feels exactly like that. Like, one of those, eh, screw it, they're all buying them anyway. Right. Like, 
like the, like these books don't cost six dollars a pop. Right, right, right. I okay. think this actually is like four dollars a pop. But whatever. The point is, when when books were cheaper and everyone was buying them and nobody cared, like that's how it feels. It feels like a very much a '90s comic. Mm. So hey, if you're looking for '90s comics, if you think '90s comics are the are the shit and superior, then you're gonna love this issue because that's exactly what this is like. From the from the art right on down to the story. Okay. Uh, jumping in the super chats really quick because there's a it. lot that are building up. John Holbrook says thanks for the great content, y'all. Well, thank you, thank John. Thank you, thank you for the great super chat. Pricey eighty forty. Reminder: Alan Moore. Yeah, it's his birthday today. Uh, Alan Moore, one of the most anti corporate writer in comics, shares a birthday with Mickey Mouse. Nice. Oh, apparently today's Mickey's birthday. It's funny, uh, Alan Moore's birthday. As a result, people like dusted off some 2017 article where he was like, superhero comics are bad, and I liken them to like the birth of a nation movie. And I'm like, I would love to see you try and explain that to me. Explain to me how your how, the, how your metaphor doesn't immediately break down. But feel free. Um, <laughs> eat that horse. Missed you guys. Well, we were only oh, here a week ago, you. but we missed you too, man. Thank you. Uh, Saud Althani, jumping back in. Hello, got the free thing from YouTube. Uh, Sex Islands. Yeah, weird Hickman. Yeah, we're talking about X-Men too. We'll talk about yeah. that in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, he also mm-hmm. says, YouTube notifications don't work. I agree. They really don't. I only know from Discord. Yes. He says, yeah. So, yeah, check out the Discord. Um, and Jose... Armendariz says, uh, got some birthday money for birthday in two days. Figured I'd share it with you guys. Uh, are you going to review this past week's dark multiverse story? Well, uh, hopefully you spent your money, your birthday money wisely, uh, because we did. Thank you very much, man. What'd you think? Happy early birthday. Happy early birthday to you, man. Uh, and Saddle back says, how's your week been? Uh, thank you very much for your generosity, man. Thank you. Thank Uh, you. It is going well. Uh, it's only the Monday, but we, I got a lot of things done. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so excited. it's coming along. And I got Star Wars. Yeah, you did. James Henley, mm-hmm. helping us out. Thank you. And Eat That Horse, uh, thoughts on Justice League Dark, getting a new writer on issue 20. So, saw it coming. Yeah, of course. Also, am I alone thinking Odyssey, of all things, is strangely the best Justice League book right now? I think so. I know that Williamson said, like, eh, like after he was off it. He was like, eh, books, whatever. Well, here's the thing. I think, like, it's it was smart to have the different Justice Leagues running, like, concurrently because mm-hmm. it gave everybody the opportunity to pick one as their favorite. And exactly. so, like, I'm sure you're not alone. I think Justice League Dark is the best, but that's because I like the magical part of the universe more exactly. so. And so, like, they made a book that was really just for me and for other people who love, like, magic and such. So, yeah. it's like, they made a book kind of for everybody if you're interested in Justice League at all. So, yeah. like, that's fine. I'm glad you found one that you dig. Exactly. Um, in terms of the, the new writer, we saw it coming. I hoped it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen, but it makes sense. But we knew it was going and, to. And, uh... You know, it felt like, no matter what, it, like, clearly felt like uh, Tynan was, like, wrapping up all of his loose ends to yes. put things back in a certain kind of, like, tight package so that the next person didn't have to deal with every single thing that he set up, which I appreciate that as, as like, a writer. He set up some continuity. He gave them, obviously... Um, some like guidance and some history with this team. Yeah. But he's not making them be like, Hey, I left all my toys on the lawn. Can you clean them up for me? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, it's true. Um, sorry. Uh, no, Noah Koo, uh, says Wolverine befriends Wolf named Irene Wolf Irene. I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm not sure either, but I feel like we're missing something. I'm, I'm missing a big thing. Because I have no, because I don't even have context for you. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> comics mis- misexplained. At least the new Lobo Society was built in love of dolphins. Yeah, that's true. They do. Uh, well, Lobo loves dolphins. Right. Uh, also, Lobo's dialogue is straight up from skeleton memes. The uh, Share Zone, Craig Wister, Craig's Twisted Brain, Gangster Popeye. So ridiculous. Yeah, it feels like it. 
Um, it was very. It didn't feel like a like a like a Keith Giffen type of story, um, but it did feel like they wanted it to be. Uh, Jake Curran isn't the source wall destroyed? Yeah, but not by the time they were doing uh, Blackest Night. When Blackest Night was happening, the source wall was fine. Um, by the way, I I have a theory about the source wall getting destroyed. Okay. I think that it was editorially driven. I think they were like because the source wall was a Marvel DC co-production. Oh, I think they were, like, like they were like get never. rid of it. It's not happening. I think they were doing. I think that was a. I think that was like a thing. I think they were like get rid of it. Get rid of anything referencing it. If anyone finds out, they'll. They'll want us to work with them again. No. Okay. Felt really weird. Okay, let's go. And uh, Manav Vora says, um, love you guys. I love you too. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Uh, you should do a visit to Main Street Comics in Jersey. Well, uh, depending on where it is, I just might. Uh, it's in Milltown, which uh, looks like it has a 732 area code. So maybe. <laughs> it's not far. Okay. Uh, also, do you think Tim Drake looks like a main player with Jeff Johns' rebirth ideas, but seems wasted now? Agree or disagree? Uh, I didn't see him really doing much. I, I think when he was part of the whole, like, when Mr. Oz was a thing, and when like clearly he was going to play a role that was not what Bendis did with him, uh, he might have been. I think it was more that Tim was a was a piece, was a pawn, um, and I think everything from the '90s that he pulled was a pawn, like a use that like Johns wanted to reference and. So I don't think he was going to be a major player, but I think he was definitely important. Mm. Um, or at least he was being used. Right, right, right. Uh, by, the, by Johns for plot. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Oh, uh, let's talk about... I don't know which way to go here. Let's talk about uh, Conan. Why not? Yeah, let's, Conan. Let's do it. Why don't I have anything open and ready to go? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's not, it's not the Conan, because that comes no, out this week. No, this is Savage Sword of Conan. Um, this is the second part of the Roy Thomas Allen Davis yeah. um, book. Um, I wanted to know what you thought of Roy Thomas. You know, I I went into this expecting a book that was going to feel older and have like a, 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 a kind of like more classic sensibility to Conan, and it delivered 100%. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like it felt like a kind of old school story. Right. Um, but obviously told in a slightly more modern way. Like it, it definitely didn't have like that... Uh, you know how some like classic books um, tend to have. There's like a lot of like explanation or what. You know what I mean? It's like unnecessary, but yeah, like, they figure you're never gonna pick up another. Yeah, book you're not again. gonna. You're right. So you got to get all of it in there. So it's lacking that because they kind of get that you're here for the book anyway. But it still has the floweriness and like the um, grandiose nature and the drama and the kind of obvious character turns that mm -hmm. you see. But like you're still along for the ride and having a good time with it. And that's exactly what this is. Um, this is the end of the story. It was literally two parts. Okay. Um, yeah, and, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. And so, like, we left Conan, like, lashed to a tree. There's a couple of dudes watching him. They're, like, taking turns seeing who can spit on his forehead. Yeah. And so Conan wakes up. They're like, no, it's fine. He's lashed to a tree. He, like, like rends himself off of it. And they're like, no, but he's still tied to it. And he's just like, yeah, you think I'm tied to a tree, but it's more like I got two, like, giant clubs on my hands. And then he just kills <laughs> them with the tree. Awesome. And all their friends are all too drunk to help. Um, meanwhile, the woman and her, like, other bodyguard, they're, like, you know, struggling along through the mountains right. with, um, the, uh, uh, Hetet, I think is, is what he's called. Okay. I'm not sure about that. Um, but, um, eventually, like, she gives in and is like, oh, I'm just gonna show you where it is. Uh, Hetman, that's what it is. Hetman. Um, and, um, shows them where the cave is. They go into the cave. 
Uh, they find the, the the crystal, the dark crystal that's there. Oh. It's literally called a dark crystal. Are there any Skeksis in there? And no, but there are crazy bat creatures that are like uh, guarding it, and they're all roosted in the ceiling. Mm. They kind of look like big vampire bat kind of things. Okay. Um, but they're up there, and... Uh, then, like, it turns out that, like, this woman who brought them there, she has this ring, and in the ring there is a piece of the crystal. So the crystal is in whole. Oh. And so the hetman wants to get the crystal. The bodyguard reveals himself to have magic, and he was along for the ride. He's like, I knew the crystal was here. I knew you had it, but you had the map, so I, I tricked you into thinking you found me. Right. But you didn't. Ha ha. And uh, then Conan shows up, and Conan's, like, yelling at the hetman. He's like, he's like, yeah, no, don't worry. None of them are going to touch you. Because I'm going to kill you. Right. Because that's my job. Right. Awesome. Like, screw you. So, um, he, like, totally just throws the guy off of the side of this platform that's kind of, that they're all on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, gets the woman and the woman's like, wow, you came back? And he's just like, is it really so hard to believe? I kept my, like, my word here? Come yeah. on, let's go. So look he, at me. Yeah. Look, I'm a man of my word. Um, but don't forget, he's the one that like went to that tribe that was there and was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you on under my wing and turn you into a fighting force of extraordinary magnitude." Oh yeah, here. I remember that yeah. But like, so like, she didn't really see that coming. <laughs> and um, meanwhile, the other bodyguard is grabbing the crystal. The all the bats wake up. They are they're not attacking the crystal, mm -hmm. and he's just like, "No, it's cool. If I if you give me a ring and I put it in here, then I'll have total control over them, and then I can like." you know, rule any kingdom I want. And that's my whole shit. That's his here. plan? That's what I want. Okay. So Conan, With bats? Yeah. I can, I can, we, like, the, the, the crystal really is just like, I can control bats with it. They're, yeah, but they're like crazy. I like, mean, they're horse bats. They're, they're gigantic yeah. bats. Things. Um, and uh, Conan like picks the chick up and he's running along and he's like, stabs one of the bats and he like, she, like, just pauses for a moment. She's like, what's wrong? And he says like, when he like, thrust his blade into its chest, like he felt like this chill cold. Oh. Um, of like, as though it had been thrust into a chasm of loss, of times lost. I was like, okay. Deep. Thanks. But I'm just saying like, no, that's cool. Conan's like, yeah, no, this probably is not good. No, good line uh, though. Yeah. It's better than that. I didn't say it appropriately, but it's pretty good. Still so anyway, cool. guy like gets out outside the cave. Uh, Conan and she are right behind him. They're trying to like, catch up to him. They're like, you know, trying to stop him essentially. And um, he's like, oh, you know what? I really thought that I was going to get the crystal, get the ring. I tried to like lag behind so you could catch up so I could take the ring from you. But like, I'm thinking instead I'm just going to close up the cave so right. like, I can live. Yeah. Because those bats are coming and I'm not, <laughs> I can't have that. Mm -hmm. So he like casts a spell to like, like collapse cave the, in the cave, cave in. Yeah. And like Conan's like running up the rubble as like only Conan, I That'd guess, be, could. That's a cool visual. Yeah. And um, as he's like jumping and running and things are falling down around him, he takes his sword and he throws it into the guy's neck. Yeah. And the chick's like, you like took the risk of like doing that instead of actually like getting close enough to stab him. He's like, right. I didn't know how long the spell was going to be. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have time for to take these risks. Yeah. Bats no. are still coming. Obviously they want the crystal. He's like, all right, give it to me. We're going to throw it in the cave. She's like, no. <laughs> no, I need this. I no, came here for like, this. This is what I came for. And he's just like, mm. And then he like basically puts it all on Front Street. It's like she killed her brother mm -hmm. um, in order to get the crystal. And she wasn't going to like not have it now. Right. She pulls out a little dagger. She stabs Conan in the side. Aww. And like, she's like, give it back. Like, give me the crystal, and, like, it's already gone at this point. And then, like, a bat comes up and, like, takes her away. Because, <laughs> like, she's like, oh, you're, like, you're too weak now. You're not going to be able to, like, come and, like, kill me because you're, like, I stabbed you and all that crap. Yeah, and then and he's like, just like, no, you're right. I, I can't reach you in order to stop the bat that's going to take you yeah, away. What? Bye. <laughs> yeah. And so she's gone. The cave collapses in and of itself because the bats now have the full crystal. And it's, like, as though they want to be shut off from the rest of the world. Right. So like, they whatever cave it in. Yeah. yeah, they cave it in. And Conan's like 
cool. And then he goes back and he takes over those guys and he like is going to train them. Okay. Conan's like, I mean, look, I kept my honor. Yep. And I still get what I wanted. Yeah. So overall, like Conan, ten out of ten adventure for yeah, him. Yeah, coming up, Conan. Yeah, Conan's very pleased with this. So, um, <laughs> like I said, this definitely had like a a really like classic feel to it. Um, obviously, for like obvious reasons, I should say. Yeah. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, it, they did kind of cut back on some of that unnecessary like explanation right right that's cool so, it was fun good, it was good. cool i'm glad i checked it out i don't regret it at all no. and uh i can't wait to see what comes next yeah nice <laughs> nice how'd you like uh alan davis's art i love alan davis uh i think he you know he was better a little while ago but yeah I, I, he still manages to keep it together yeah no it's, it's interesting i can definitely see um the talent there i don't know if modern colors are the right coloring for his work yeah no um and and so like it was fine it was good and like it definitely had that feel like we've seen conan like a couple of iterations of him based on whoever's drawing him and what have you yeah this had the most like i am reading an old school marvel conan that's cool though yeah that's a nice he's experience. got the bangs you know whatever it's just a very old school look with this modern color to it so nice. it's kind of neat uh joey troyer says tv little house for the win Thank you very Yay. much for the nice reference. That was what we used to be called. Uh-huh. Uh, Noah Koo says, Wolf Irene is Wolfarine equals Wolverine. He was explaining uh, Again. We missed that. I don't know where Irene comes from, but I do Literally, appreciate that, like, that, yes, if you were to pronounce it separately it would it would it would be like like that. literally that like zoomed over our head yeah <laughs> uh yeah um super max says would you consider reading red sonia russell run has uh that good political moves with that russell commentary not as actiony as conan but still engaging um I, I i have a number of red sonia stories we actually just gave one away a we big did. old book uh i don't know if we'll be working with dynamite ever again but like i will say we do have uh, the like a cool Red Sonia story left over from something that we might do one day. Um, moreover, we'll probably do Conan if we ever cover one of those two. Yeah, um, it might be Conan or maybe that Wonder Woman Conan or that's what something I was with Conan. Yeah, I Conan. mean, here's the thing. I would love to just do the Aaron Conan, however this turns out. Right, when it's wrapped um, up, that'd be dope. But I don't know if there's much of an audience for that, cause, but it's just such a stunning story. Yeah, well, the Titan Zero says, what do you think Jason Aaron's up to? He's done with that Thor and off Conan after 12. All he'll yeah. be writing is Avengers. Um, he'll probably be doing some kind of event. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's going to be sad, but like the Conan book was just, it's just so tight. Yeah. That like, I, I can't, I, I, I can't not like give it to him. You no, know? it's, it's true. Yeah. Uh, I read Fallen Angels number one. I was kind of hyped about this book. Uh, this was, what was it? It was written. Let me, let me pull up the, the credits here. Cause I want to really get this right. Okay, uh, that's fair. I also read this one. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, great. I think it was, uh, something brian hill yeah brian hill and um sisman sisman kudransky there you go i'm glad you have to say these things i took the easy one i was like brian hill yeah nailed it yeah yeah uh so this is this was a book that had some speculation about it i know i did i had some expectations uh which were uh, quickly changed as a result of reading this uh yeah, Fallen Angels. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we we saw what Betsy Braddock's Psylocke was up to. Now she's Captain Britain and everything. Uh -huh. What's Psylocke doing? What's her story? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't care at all, um, but let's get into it. Uh, we have a little flashback about... Well, no, it's not a flashback. It's actually... It's uh, like happening. It's like happening, but it's also clearly like echoing what happened to her, I guess. A uh, little girl destroys the subway train. Uh, After putting a, like... 
a piece of machinery or like a like a computer kind of like chip thing on the side of her head and uh yeah yeah uh she is on Krakoa this is to say uh, Psylocke and uh she was uh visited by the voice of what is purported to be God and God's like you got to leave Krakoa you got to go to earth you got to like do some stuff she asked Magneto for for uh permission to leave because of course Professor X is still dead Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Professor X is dead, you guys, and I totally believe it. Well, you and he'll know be I, dead forever. What I liked about that was that, like, it—it's connected. Well, yeah, and it like answers the question of like, like, when know, does this take place? Yeah, it's it takes like, place oh, right okay. after X Force Number One. Okay, got it. Right, I guess uh, because I feel like you won't be dead longer than X Force Number Two. But uh, yeah, so Magneto and she have a have a fun little back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, where Magneto's like you know throwing his weight around, enjoying being in charge. Yeah, Mister Sinister basically calls him out as such, where he's like, "Go talk to Sinister." Sinister's like, "Yeah, maybe I'll help you. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm a you know I'm a closed book. I'm hard to read." Yeah, I really it's fun. Yeah, but you gonna help me or not, man? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, you should go talk to Young Cable because we need more people in this book. So she talks to Young Cable, and he's like, and he and uh, Laura Kinney are like beating the crap out of each other in front of a bonfire during a love-in with the X-Men because these two men, they're warriors. They, this is this this piece. They don't want this. So they're written out of character. And uh, so they join up with Psylocke, and they go on this adventure to leave Krakoa. She only only uh, Laura does. Yeah. Well, but she's getting, but he'll be joining them later because mm-hmm. he's on the cover. Um, so, you know, they go to Japan. Mm-hmm. And uh, they find and, and they realize that like the young girl had like a butterfly tattoo, mm-hmm. and it was like I think Psylocke has that too, and so like what's going on here? Uh, so literally, they, she's got this butterfly tattoo. We've been like seeing flashbacks to when she was Ko- uh, Kwananon. Yes, Kwananon. And um, Kwanan? Qu- there's like an extra. There's an extra syllable. Kwanon, maybe it's Kwanon. Yeah. Um, and we've been seeing like those flashbacks to her being uh, trained and raised as such, and yes. we come to a flashback in which we don't see what's happening really off panel, but like that clearly she fell in love with a guy. They got busy, yep, and she had a kid from it. So they kill the guy. Mm-hmm. They take the baby away. They're like, we're not monsters. We're not going to kill the baby. No. Um, but like we are going to mark it with a butterfly. And so like if you ever find this kid, mm-hmm. like then the fate was like was meant it was meant to happen. Right. Um. But otherwise you're never going to see it again when she's the. They run into a contact of hers in Japan where she wants to learn more about this. Yep. They um, mention the fact that there's a new drug out on the market called Overclock. It's yes. like slow-mo from <laughs> Dread. Remember except that? Except that it is a neuro, like, like a, a techno-neurological component that you put on your head. Yeah. And so it really isn't drugs involved as much as it's like affecting your brain directly yeah. via like this like component. Waves. Yeah. Yeah, that you put on your head. Clearly, that's what um, the little girl was using when she was. Yeah, and and so like they show her, they're like, "I want to see it. Show me like look at this video from like the train." Um, yeah. So they pull that up, and the girl has the butterfly tattoo. So now like Psylocke's like, "That was my daughter." Yes. Like that's it. Like I guess like fate has determined that I am involved with this now mm-hmm. because it's like that you like my daughter died because of this, so now I'm in. Yes. Um, she and Laura like kick a bunch of ass and take some names. The woman will not tell her where to go to find this Apoth, which, um, Apoth is the God who contacted her and said, this is my name. Go get me. No, he says your enemy's name is this. And then you realize it is him later on. And that like, there is like, it's like the introduction to this concept that like man, now that the X-Men are out of the way, that, like, man can now evolve as it should and it seemingly will evolve technology, which is obviously what Hapen was kind of setting up in yeah. terms of, you know, um, what was going on in Pox in the future. Yep. And um, 
So she's like, I can't tell you where Apotha is. Like, I, A, I'm like not supposed to, and B, he'll kill me, that kind of thing. So uh, Sonic uses her powers, finds out the location. They go to this, like, farm where, like, Laura's like, there's no guards. They're not making drugs here. And she's just like, no one would look here. Mm-hmm. That's why there's no guards. Exactly. So that you don't look here. <laughs> so they open this barn up, and there's just all these kids standing there, and they have these black eyes, just like the girl from the beginning of the story. Yeah. And then they just die, basically. Right. Well, they get they, turned off. Yeah. Well, I think they say some stuff, and then they die, and then there's one left. Yes. And Apoth is there, and is like, is speaking through him. He's like, I, I'm not Apoth. Yeah, Apoth leaves one little po- one little kid alive yeah. to speak through him, and he's mm-hmm. like, hey. Hey, this is a speaker. Here's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm a song, man. Whatever. Like, at the end of the day, like, get out of the way, mutants, because, like, this is where it's going, so just stop looking. That's- right. Really, the key even though here. I literally sent you an engraved invitation to do this, <laughs> or they didn't. You know, there's some other things going on, obviously, in the X Men universe. So it's like, well, I'm not sure where this came from. Yeah. Um. And so Psylocke is, of course, like spurred to action because of this, because of her connection now with um her daughter being involved, and obviously she's just looking to do something that isn't just hang around on Krakoa. Yep. So she goes back and like tells Sinister, like, here's the thing: you're gonna help me out. And for that, I will bring you Apoth so you can get whatever information you want, and then I'm going to kill him. Yep. So then she's like, cool. cool. So Cable joins up, and they're going to go get the rest of their team, and they're going to go out. And, and she basically mimics or, like, echoes what was said to her when she was training that, like, she's, they're like, what are you talking about? They're like, We're, you're caterpillars. And, and I'm, I'm going to turn you into butterflies. Because the idea here is that, like, X-23, Cable, and whoever else they're going to recruit for their team yeah. uh, have not yet realized their full potential uh, under the direction of Psylocke. Yeah, well, then they will. And, like, it's interesting, too, because, like, what Laura says, the reason that she wants to go is not because of the necessity to fight. No. But because she doesn't want to live in the shadow of Of Wolverine, Logan. even though we've already been we've already right. been through that already. That's fine. But, like, in this new world, I guess, maybe, like, when they're on an island together. Yeah, like, maybe. That's it. Like, you literally now have just this island that you're all living on. It's like, you can't help... Right. I guess would be equated to those around you, just like Betsy. Because Betsy shows up in this for a minute because she wants to chat. Yep. And so it's like, nope. I'm not not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. Yeah. Um, There are some interesting concepts in this. I know this clearly was not for you. I wish the art was better in this. Me too. It was like really not very good. Yeah. Like Like it was trying to be something. uh Uh-huh. And then there were like a couple panels where it's like, oh, but you, you can't. Like it's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. My concern is that for a lot of these books that there may be elements that are necessary because I believe there's a section in this about... Overclock. Yeah. Yeah, like there's a Hickman-esque info dump about oh, Overclock, which is literally unnecessary. That yeah. sequence was like, we already get it. And then they were like, here it is again, because that's what these books are doing. Right. They well, do the Hickman thing. I did read through all of it, and some was interesting, because like the, the overclock thing is actually a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. And considering the fact that simultaneously, um, mutant, like the, the mutant drug is, or the Krakoan drug is being like, obviously given to those countries who have made treaties with Krakoa yeah. and sold on the black market. And then you have this other black market drug and they're talking about how there's going to be this eruption mm-hmm. between like standard drugs and like this new thing coming in. Um, yeah. I, I'm just like, I'm wondering if the, the Apoth thing is actually going to be something that's tied into the book that we saw this week. Yeah. Um, or not. I doubt it. You don't, we don't know. It feels very unessential. Okay. But, uh, yeah. 
I, I, the I, fact that Sinister is being pulled into this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like Apocalypse has been pulled into the other books. And obviously, as we saw in this week's X-Men, there's a little more emphasis on that. And we'll get to that at some point. Yep. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just difficult to tell if like this is a filler book or this is literally is going to serve one purpose. And right. That's it. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so that happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I, you know what it was? Like, for me, I'm just like... I'm just so down for this, like, new X-Men continuity that I was like, right. okay. Oh, okay, you're doing this. Cool. Cool, whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll check out the next one. Right. I won't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the Terror of Death says, long time no see, guys. Sorry I haven't been on in a while. School and such. Anyway. Hey. Uh, chance of reviewing DC 1 million Supreme Power anytime soon? No. But uh, one day, maybe, if we're still around. Also, good luck in school. Yes, keep it up. Uh, Jordan Cooper, hey guys, hope you're well. Love this channel. Any chance we're going to see more commentaries? Love another X-Men animated series or Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Uh, yeah, man, we got three episodes, well, three episodes done, two episodes coming, mm -hmm. unless no one watches them, in which case the, that'll be the end of the show. Right. Um, but I'd love to do that. I, I don't want to make it just Marvel, so we're going to try and delve into like other DC shows and stuff like that, movies and whatnot. Um, so it's really up to you guys. If you watch uh, screen, uh, Savage Screen... It will succeed. If you mm. don't, it will die like so many other shows. Uh, Killa T. Storm says, did you guys read Far Sector? I thought it was really cool. We did, and we'll review it very soon. Um, so stay tuned to that. <laughs> Price 8040. Now that they're out, X-Book rankings, we'll do like a video on it. I don't want to spend too much time like focusing on like ranking every single book that came out. Mm. Um, but, you know, uh, I would put this one on like the bottom. Uh, Sadothani, uh, Brian Hill said that this was a throwaway line for Laura he regrets since it was an insult to her character development and won't be something he continues doing and apologized for it on Twitter. Oh, oh there, there you go. You go. He, uh, I wish he had done that research before he wrote it. Well, maybe it's one of those things where it's like at the time it seems like a good idea and sure, then yeah. like, in like retrospect you're like, mm, I should not have done that. Yeah. Like, you know? Well, it was like, that's our whole reason for leaving though. Kind of. I mean, like, I, 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 you know, I agree that like she doesn't fit in there. Yeah necessarily at least that the way that they're showing it right i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't uh, know. but it's cool that he that he you know what it, it was for me the story was just so not about her i was just like whatever right like it's clearly about it's about Psylocke. Psylocke. yeah which is funny because there's also betsy braddock so it's like i can't tell if hickman's like overall like ruling was like okay i want both Psylocke's involved with this yeah Right, or probably he's like, I want Betsy Braddock Psylocke, and they which, were like, well, what about other Psylocke? He's like, you can do whatever the hell you want with her. No, but I'm like, that's an interesting <coughs> concept, the idea that... <laughs> Excuse me. It's okay. You can keep talking. Oh, I was just waiting. Um, That, like, uh, Hickman would want to have both Psylocke's in there, considering that one Psylocke... Well, that Betsy, Betsy Braddock was in Psylocke's brain or in her body yeah. at one point, and, like, that's an overall concern for what Kokoa could oh, do. yeah, yeah. That's so, funny. So, like, I wonder if it's, like, we're leading up to some sort of cautionary tale yeah. or not. I don't uh, know. That'd be cool. That'd be smart. I don't know. I don't know, but that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, what else did you read to this week? Um, Let's chat about um DC uh, Black Label and chat about the Dollhouse family. Oh! Um, this is written by M.R. Carey. Wait, this is a Black Label book? Yeah. Where's Batman? Well, he's not in this one because what? because it's a Joe, it's a Hill House comic. Ah, so it's a it's technically a black label book, but it's really a Hill House comic, right? Um, because so, nothing's a black label book, right? Well, this is like basically the I think the concept here is they wanted to do Hill House comics. Yeah, they probably were afraid of what the hell's a Hill House, right? So let's stick it in black label, and then eventually we're gonna separate. Them. Yeah, well, because and it's like they the book does say that it's curated by Joe Hill. Sure. And so if you're a Joe Hill fan, you're like, okay, I'm probably interested in this. Yeah. Then. 
Um, so I picked it up and uh, it's great. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. It, it definitely captures that uh, Vertigo vibe, mm. in my opinion, better cool. than... Um, Vertigo did? No, well, yeah, but like better than I've seen in a bit. I mean, obviously done so because M.R. Carey is Mike Carey, writer of Lucifer. So like you're getting that like feel yeah. without specifically referencing anything like that. And by that, I mean like, you know how Vertigo books, sometimes they like, depending on the way the story is told, you'll see it uh, with, with Neil Gaiman um, as well, where mm-hmm. like the story like occasionally kind of jumps around yeah. a little bit where it's like this time. Now this time, now this time. Sure, yeah. And go back and forth between them. That's what this does. Okay. And so it gives me that feel. The art in particular also gives me that very, feel. Very feels like classic Vertigo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it starts like, you know, at the like it's like this comes first. It starts in the beginning of time. There's some entity that arrives on Earth. Millions of years go by. Naturally. And then it jumps to 1979 in England. We're in England. We're in like the late 70s, early 80s. So again, much like the basket of basketful of heads. Yeah. Um, we're nixing that tech issue right right out of the gate yeah yeah yeah. no surveillance no cell phones nope we're just here we are yeah a mysterious dollhouse shows up to a family uh to a woman uh what's really for her daughter oh the family's daughter i should say and the woman's it's from some great aunt that nobody knows yeah you know it's one of those things right right well it's like the uh the haunted house trope yeah. But the house came to the family. Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing more than that. It's just part of the will, like, you know, by her bequest, this child must have this so that she might enjoy it. Okay, right on. There you go. Um, they, obviously, she keeps it. Um, a cat also shows up. Oh. Cat's mentioned a couple of times, whatever. We don't know what the cat's all about. Cat's there. Cat's there, got it. Cat's there. Dollhouse cat. Moving Dollhouse on. cat. Um, little girl names all the, the little people who are in the house there's five of them oh, geez. like a mom a dad uh, two brothers and a little sister okay and um we discover that um life is not great for alice mm. because her parents are fighting all the time mm. because like he doesn't have a job anymore and like mom's doing what she can and like he has a temper and it's not good and like that inevitably we'll find out like more about that he ends up like beating his wife oh. and like so she is hearing all these things going on and she's talking more with her dolls and like all that right yeah then we cut back to like 18 the 1800s (laughs) okay and like it's clearly um one of the woman's ancestors like she's got several different trees that feed into her um into her family okay and um they're all kind of crazy or whatever right um they're surveying the english countryside what have you and uh, they come across this cave they go into said cave or one of them goes into the cave he's like i'm gonna walk 100 paces in because it's almost dusk and then if the cave doesn't end i'll come back right and we'll go check it out when it's like yeah and we'll bring out. like a whole team yeah and so he goes 100 paces in and then never comes back out right of course because like once he enters the cave like Time, science, measurement, none of it matters anymore. Uh, and so he's down there for days. Okay. Until he comes across, like, this massive being that's laying, like, on the cave floor. And there's all these torches surrounding him. Mm. And he finds this woman who shows up. And she's just like, hey. And she just comes onto him immediately. And they just do it in the cave. And then she leaves him. And you're like, okay. okay. Meanwhile, Alice, we see her through, like, like 81, 82. And, like... Around 81 or 82 or 81, um, like her, her mom has like a black eye and she's just like, oh, I can't play right now. And she's trying to hide it from her daughter. Uh-huh. So she goes upstairs, cat's there, dollhouse is there. And like, she's just sitting in front of the dollhouse. She's kind of sad. And the, the mother figure starts talking. To oh her. no. 
And she's just like, I didn't know you could talk. That's cool. That's not cool. And then she's like, and she tells her a spell, how she can become tiny. So she becomes tiny and she goes oh, into the dollhouse and the family all loves her and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to come more. You got to hang out with us. You got to come in here. <laughs> and so like throughout the years, that's how she escapes. Right. She, she like, goes into the dollhouse. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, you know, like, you know, they're like, oh, you can stay here for as long as you want. She's like, mom will miss you. And she's like, they're like, your mom's busy. Yeah. She's not going to miss you. It's it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like she's just like, I wish my dad would stop hurting my mom. Yeah. And like the woman is like, oh yeah, well there is the black room. <laughs> oh, and I shouldn't I shouldn't tell you about that. Right. Anyway, yeah. my shortbread's burning, and off she goes. Uh-huh. And um, inevitably, like she's playing with the kids, and like the kids reveal that they're actually not a family. Okay. That each of them showed up at different points in time. Right. And they all get along really well. And so, like, she's like, oh, I actually, like, the little girl's like, I haven't thought about my real dad in a really long time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, like, then she asks about the black room. And they're like, oh, yeah, no. Like, the black room, like, only, like, shows up when it wants to. And you may only, it only opens when it's your time. Right. And you can only go in once. Okay. And she's like, oh. And she's like, it's right next to the library. And she turns around, the door's there. Uh Uh-huh. And then, like, it opens up in, like, this crazy cool way. Yeah. It's almost like a puzzle. Cool. She goes within, and it, it basically, it wants to make a deal with the devil. It shows her what her dad is doing to her mom and says, like, eventually he will kill her. Right. And she's like, he's like, all you have to do, or the, the black room's like, all you have to do is just stay here. Mm-hmm. Like, you just become, you become part of the dollhouse, and I'll take care of it for you. Right. And, like, she's like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. My mom would be too sad. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he's like, it, the black room's like, oh, like, you know, you have to make a choice because there's only so much time and time's ticking. Right. And so, like, it pushes her back out of the dollhouse. She becomes big. She's thinking about it. It's like, you know, if you love your mom, you got to do this. Yeah. So she goes downstairs. Her dad's like, you know, like, oh, watch out. There's, like, there's nails on the floor. Like, he keeps telling her he loves her and stuff like that. At one point, he does threaten her as well to her mom. Okay. And um, he's just like, oh, your mom should probably pick these nails up, but she's not, and blah, blah, blah. And he asks her for a screwdriver. He's like, oh, nobody can do anything right. She picks up the hammer. And she just bludgeons him. Right. And I'm like, well, I guess you don't have to make a deal with the black room. No. Now. But now what? But yeah, exactly. But now what? So like, I'm very interested to see where this is going. But you, like I said, you get that vertigo feel. Oh, yeah, very much so. To it. Um, and you get those kind of classic horror tropes where it's like old Victorian house, but it's a dollhouse, which is creepy all by itself. Mm-hmm. This black room, like, you know, some giant, like, uh, like unearthly behemoth. You right. know what I mean? Like, there's this really classic nature to it. And, and Carrie, obviously, is a very skilled storyteller as well. Yes. And so you can really handle that jumping around point where it's like you're learning a little bit here, you're learning a little bit there, and it's all going to, like, coalesce into, like, a solid story. So okay. I literally can't wait to get the next issue of this. Because, cool. like I said, like... In the absence of like true vertigo, what else is, gonna, yeah, well, you get is, image basically. I, yeah, I saw a like, lot of talk that was basically like vertigo died when image was born. That's fair, but I mean, like this again because of who's writing it has that really deep connection. So cool, I'm down. Yeah, check it out. Uh, Saud Althani, by the way, shed a little bit of light on that. He said uh, Brian Hill wanted Quanan. Kickman had nothing for her. He just was like, I don't care. Okay. That's not, if you know, it feels just like that. That, but again, like I just literally came up with a reason. It's really too bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hickman won't play with that. No. Uh, Denton Films is nothing. If nothing's black label, then everything is black label. That's not how that works, syndrome. <laughs> uh, yeah. So far sector. Uh, yeah. All right. This N.K. Jemison. 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 N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell. Uh, Jamal Campbell, of course, uh, Naomi fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Far Sector introduces a new lantern, a temporary provisional Green Lantern. I guess that's the idea here. Uh, and 
she is at the farthest sector that, like, ever. Like, farthest away from everything. Okay. And so she's on this, like, crazy planet, uh, which is called... Nildweb? Yeah, it's basically Nildweb. Like, it's been, <laughs> like, everything has a ridiculous, like, name that's very long that explains, like, where it comes from. It's very Darmok in terms of, like, where, like, what people are called. Oh, uh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's about, like, you know, people's names are where they, like, who they are and where they were. And then, like, if they're more important, it adds, like, more more things to who they were. Like, okay. And they'll be there forever, it says. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically there's a murder on this planet that it, it by the way, I just did a Rai video. Uh, and if you've ever read Rai from Valiant, it's like New Japan. It's this crazy technological society that like, looks like it's superior, but there's caste system and superior, and like sectors and there's, there's haves and have nots. And, you know, people don't die unless you want to, but there's, but suddenly people start dying. It's the same exact thing. Like you're okay. in a, you're in a faraway place. It looks like earth, but it's also crazy technologically based. And, uh, you know, like people don't die here, but someone did. And, oh, and so they specifically asked for a green lantern to come in and investigate because they've never had one or they haven't had one in a long time. Right. And so they're like, what do you think? And uh, like the attending cop or whatever is is completely at a loss, has no idea what to do. Um, you know, our lantern has no idea what to do either because it's their first murder right. and their first experience uh, basically being a Green Lantern at all, which is kind of funny because it's like, why would you send this like Greenhorn Green Lantern to this place you know, that has... I mean, I guess because they're like, whatever. Right, like, well, because the Guardians don't give a shit, which I've said a million times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, check out uh, one character is going to be important. Sizen uh, of the cl- of the Cliffs by the Streaking Ice. Um, and what's funny is this this book... Okay, so the, the whole point is New Green Lantern shows up, new planet we've never seen. Uh, planet seems utopian, obviously. It's not something rotten in the state of Denmark. There's a murder first time ever. Uh, they have the person who killed them. Uh, in custody, mm-hmm. uh, and so what is the mystery then? The mystery, well, because when she goes to in- interrogate the murderer, the murderer has in has in fact been murdered. Oh, okay. And uh, and something which might have murdered it uh, runs away, and so she's going to go chase after it. Okay. So like, and of course, like the society itself is supported by a system of like fluid-filled in- bladders. <laughs> right. Uh, incongruous. Uh, aliens that all have like different agendas and perspectives. Okay. Uh, so you got like three different species: the Na, Nah, the Nah, uh, the Adats, which are called the At symbol Ats. Um, the Adats handle social media and stuff like that. Which, of course, yeah. And the Katopi, or Katopli, I should say. Uh, and they're all different, and like. The, the Katopli are accused of, like, one of the Katoplis killed this person. Okay. One of the Naz. Right. And uh, so, you know, and everyone's combative and unfriendly and, like, I don't know how anything works in this, this place. Is, this is like if, if a Klingon killed a uh, Romulan. I guess. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it, it's... Uh, you know, it, it's a fish-out-of-water story. Um, what's it called? Our Lantern is named, um, God, uh, Mulane. She wants to be called Lantern Mulane. Okay. As opposed to Green Lantern or That Human. Right. Um, she is sassy and fun. She has a dope-looking Green Lantern costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, there's something 
kind of like hidden and secret about her whole origin as well. Because the whole thing is that like she's on a provisional basis as well. Oh. Like we don't know how like they basically said that like Is she a loose cannon cop? I mean definitely no. <laughs> she's more like sassy and doesn't have patience for like bureaucracy and bullshit. Okay. But she's here and she's eager and she's, you know and and and, and she has a very distinct personality and you know. No, that's it. It's okay. just it, basically it's just it's just a whodunit, but like in a crazy looking place. Uh, it's a young animal book, which I'd forgotten because like there's a couple of they drop curses in this book, like one after the other in the same panel. I'm like I'm like oh wow they said that oh they said that too oh I see okay oh right it was just... like oh I got to do that right now like oh right I forgot I gotta I gotta prove this is a young animal book. Uh, she says shit. <laughs> You're like okay cool whatever, but. Uh, but that's not the reason, I guess, necessarily to read it. Oh, no. The reason to read it is because the art is freaking great, and the concept is fun, and Lantern Moulin is neat, I guess. Her costume is fantastic. Uh, that's the best thing about it. Uh, and I loved the way they ended the issue. Because they ended the issue like it was halfway through the issue. Oh! Like, Moulin just wants to talk to the killer yeah and there's all these roadblocks that get in her way like different bureaucratic people who are like hey i want to talk to you mm -hmm. and they get in her way and then finally she gets to the murderer and the murderer has been killed and a like blurry bad guy runs away and the person her attending like officer was like what can i do and she goes just get out of my way and then she runs and like you know springs into action and that's the last page of the issue okay and I was just, I was caught by that moment. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, you really caught me in this moment where it's like, in the middle of the action, it, it felt very much like that should be like where the halfway point of the issue was. Right. And it was the last page of the issue. And I'm like, that's cool. All right. Uh, suit looks great. Costume, uh, like I said, is cool. The character, Moulin, is like abrasive, but I understand you know, like, I can get a lot of, like, people's Captain Marvel vibes from her. Or, like, she's, she, you know, she doesn't have a, she's mean. Or she's, like, or she's stoic or whatever. And it's like, yeah, she's in a, she's in a far right place. And she's surrounded by bureaucratic douchebags. So it's like, clearly she's not going to want to put up with their crap. Yeah. And so that's cool. And it was, it made it easy to like her. Right. It's like, listen, I've got one job and you're not letting me do it. And I'm, I'm not even really good at it. <laughs> like, because I don't even know if I am good at it. Right. And... You know, she we see a flashback to her like getting her ring and then being like, Well, we'll see what happens in a year. Oh. And you're like, What? Maybe so, she's like the first lantern they just tried to give a ring to. Yeah. Uh, well, it could be that it takes this takes place far in the past or something like that. But no, she's she's very oh, much like, done that before. No. I'm just no, okay. she's clearly a modern, like Ameri uh, American okay. human woman. So yeah. But cool stuff. Right. Uh I, I, I liked it. Uh, I, I found liked that, how it looked. I don't know. Yeah, Campbell's art. Uh, and I don't know what it was, if it was, maybe there was too much going on, uh, but it didn't have the same, like, oh, shit, like Naomi did. Mm -hmm. And I think it may be because uh, Campbell had more time for Naomi. Uh, you know, like, every page, every every panel was, like, perfect and complete. And in this, like, you get the shade of Campbell, but, like, it feels either unfinished or, like, they, 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 they colored it really fast or something like that. Okay. So it looked really good, but it didn't look like Naomi did. So, okay. but it's still very good. Okay. You know, uh, and I dug it. Uh, so, you know, uh, it, really time will tell. Okay. Issue two, we'll see what happens. That's but fair. Otherwise, uh, it was worth checking out. Um, 
So I say, if you're interested in Green Lantern, maybe. It's weird, like, hey, let's introduce a young black Green Lantern when Bendis just did that in Young Justice. Um, so it's kind of like, like a young black female Green Lantern. It's like, they just did that, though. And I don't mean, like, they shouldn't do it. It's more like someone's going to, like, take precedence. Like, Bendis is only going to use his lantern. Right, but then when they kick Bendis out, then... Then they can use... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Bendis eventually overstays his his his, his cost, then they won't be. Then they'll be like, "I'm not paying for that." Yeah, I'm not paying Bendis because, like, you know, we talked about this in Absolute Comics, and I've talked about this for the past like ten years or so on the channel. Mm -hmm. The idea that like the reason why new writers always invent a new character is because all like they they get paid, and mm -hmm. if those characters are used in a movie, they get paid more. Right, so right, right. That's why there you'll only see. Like, revitalization... Like, revitalization of old characters is dead. You're not going to see that for much anymore. Because why? When I create a new character, it's just like that character. But I get paid for it. Like, I could get paid to be clever and do something interesting. Or, I could get paid. Forever. Uh, Mind Freak 555. Sorry to get you off track. R uh, rest in peace, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. 58 issues, one graphic novel. Only tied into War of the Realms. I know, right? Only one tie-in. Wow. Um, but yeah, uh, the book was... The book was... It was time for the book to end. So it, it's okay. Plus, like, the book sold so well in, in bookstores, that's not the end. Uh, John Holbrook, hey, cool, free Super Chat money. Well, thank you very much, well, man. thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, that's very kind of you. Uh, Kevin Kruger, the commentary show is great. Will you be doing any Justice League uh, Unlimited or Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes? That would be awesome. Yeah, I want to do both. Nice. Um, so hopefully we will. I'm excited. That'd be great. Um, so yeah, what else did you read? There's only one more book keeping us from talking about X-Men number two, guys. Oh no, what is it? It's Family Tree. Family Tree. I don't even know what this is. This is an image book I, uh, you know, pimped out last week that I was excited for. Yeah, it. that's uh, right. It's a horror thriller story written uh, with, uh, I guess, I think it's written by Jeff Lemire with art by Phil Hester, because it just says Jeff Lemire or Phil Hester. Yeah. It could be some sort of amalgam, because Lemire does both. Right. Um. Anyway, uh, this is another horror book about a little girl and her family i was like seriously what? two in one week but it's from two different publishers so fine whatever yeah um this now this is just phil hester phil hester drew the uh, there you go the green the, the green arrow books we did with kevin smith so anyway, um, this book opens up so I'm at the end of the world and how it wasn't what it like everybody thought it was going to be. Okay, cool. I but like, like that. hey, whatever. Like it, it happened anyway. Uh huh. Um, and then we are in Lowell, Maine. I'm like, Maine, Maine. Um, Maine is like the new Alaska for horror. Except Maine has always been for horror. Yeah. Anyway, we're at a, a supermarket. We see a, a checkout woman. She's like, you know, checking some guy out. And like, he's, he critiques her ability to bag. She looks up and notices like a creep. Yeah. Um, like a real creep buying like groceries or it looks like he's buying groceries. He's just staring at her. Mm -hmm. And then he runs away and she's like, neat. She goes on her break, gets called back from her break because her son... Um, there's a call from their, uh, from the school, from the oh, principal. Geez. He's in trouble again. Mm -hmm. Goes and picks up her daughter. And uh, she's like, come on, we gotta go. You know, we gotta go get your brother. And she's like, he can walk. Mm -hmm. Cause like he's in high school. She's in middle school. Right. Or I think she might be actually in elementary school. Okay. And, um, and he's like, she's like, nah, she's in trouble. And then she's like, like, like fussing with her arm and her mm -hmm. mom's like, what, what's going on? She's like, oh, I'm like itchy. And she looks at her arm and there's like a weird rash on the little girl's arm. Oh, she's no. like, all right, I'm going to put something on that when we get home. Mm -hmm. Go to the principal's office. It turns out he was caught with some weed. Oh, no. Kid's like, do you wonder where I got that, mom? Oh, no. <laughs> and she's just like, listen. He's like, I was going to call the cops. And he, she's like, there's no reason to call the cops. Come on, I can deal with this at home. And they're like, I think that might actually be what the problem is. <laughs> 
She's like, because there's like no, like there's no dad anymore. And I think he needs a strong like male role model. And like, so she like gives him some crap. Mm -hmm. And then goes to leave, turns around and takes the weed off his desk and shoves it in her bag. (laughs) While this is going on, like some old dude who like looks like a like fisherman and a lumberjack and a whole bunch of other things all at the same time with a fake hand shows up. Oh, cool. Gives the little girl a bag and says like, here. Yeah. This will help. Okay. Right. And I have to tell you something. Which we don't see. Then they, <laughs> then they go home. They're like the three of them are having dinner. Like mom, son, and the daughter. The, mm-hmm. Like the, the little girl and, and the, the the sister and brother are like really going at one another, like in a very appropriate way. Okay. Where like you know she's got the thing on her arm. He's just like, oh, maybe it's gonna real. Like he's just being antagonistic. That seems, yeah, very. It's very realistic. Right. Um. She reveals her arm. It looks like roots are growing out of her skin. Oh no. Her mom's like, okay. Um. Hmm. I am not equipped for this. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, she's like, I think it's on my back, too. And she mentions the fact that some stranger came up to him, a person with a fake hand, and gave her something. They look, they pull out the bag. She mentions there's something on her back. She reveals her back, and there's a straight-up branch growing out of her back. What? Which is amazing, because mom's like, mom just is like, okay, all right, um, we have to go. Yeah. And the son's like, where? Right. She's like, I don't care. Get in the car. We're right. going someplace. Someplace I don't know. Yeah. So they get in the car, and we see a quick flash forward to the future, where, like, Lowell itself is overgrown. Okay. And, like, he talks a little bit about, like, how, like, you know, like, hindsight's a thing, and blah, 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 and how, like, people are always trying to, like, pull from the Bible and, like, make events that are happening in real real world, like, connected to it. Yeah. And he's like, and I guess in hindsight, there were some things that could have been connected to that. Yeah. Like the four horsemen, like maybe, I don't know, we could make that work. There was like pestilence and there certainly was war and all that. Mm-hmm. And like the dude who was like being creepy at the grocery store stops their car as oh, they're no. driving. And like a bunch of guys jump out and they take the, like, they take the kid and they're like holding the mom back and the brother doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden one of them gets shot in the face. <laughs> And it's revealed that it's the old man. Oh, man. And he's like, hey, Loretta, long time to see. Like, it's a long time no see, and it's their grandfather. Oh, cool. And he has a wooden hand. Nice. Oh, so, no. there's something more to this. Obviously, this mm-hmm. book was built as, like, this little girl gets this weird disease, and this family's going to be traveling cross-country trying to solve it while these people are chasing them down. Right. Obviously, this narration at the beginning makes it seem like either something fails or it goes exactly as planned. I don't know. Yeah. I really like Lemire's writing in this. Mm. Like, the family's pretty, like, tight in terms of being dysfunctional, but, like, in that really believable way. Yeah. Where, like, I'm like, yeah, like, that is how, like, you know, some family units work. And, like, it's it's just interesting. And I'm, like, excited to see more about the grandfather and how he's going to fit into all of this. Yeah. Um... There is mention of like the dad and whatever happened to him, and so I'm wondering if he's not tied into he's got overall no like, way he's plot be, yeah. that's been going that's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like kind of like very interesting concept. I feel some definite shades of like other books that I've read. Yeah, you know, you got the grandfather. I can't help but think God Country. You got the the little girl and like you know the weirdness going on with that with like trees. And of yeah. course, I can't help but think witches. But it's not any of either of those things. I right. don't think so. I'm just on board. Cool. Check out more. All right. Um, Silver Cricket says, uh, I feel like Tom Taylor would be an excellent Justice League Dark writer. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, you know what it is for me? Who's got a good story? That's who should be next. Yes. <laughs> uh, Vidal Ruiz says, uh, hey guys, love everything. Keep it going. Thank Thanks you so very much, much man. Thank you. I'll try. Uh, so yeah, let's jump into it. Uh, X-Men number two from Hickman and Lineal Yu. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is... You know, chapter two. Yeah. Of the X Men. 
Yes. It feels like it took forever to get here, but here we are. It did and it didn't. Yeah, right? I don't know. Like, with all the other X-Books coming out, I was having a hard time keeping track of when things came out. I I think this is actually pretty appropriate because, like, some weeks there were two books each week. So it was like, yeah, right. Right. So the Summers family, uh, Scott and the kids, uh, go on a family trip. Yeah. Scott is a real, like, uncharacteristic, but still, like, consistent with what we're doing. Like positive demeanor yeah he's just like hey kids let's hey, go kids, let's adventure. go hey time displays daughter and time displays son let's go and so they're gonna go deal with this like crazy other island that just showed up just showed up and when he first said about monsters i was like oh monster island cool. okay oh, no no which is no. too bad because deadpool's getting a book next week and it's monster island yeah no. i was like deadpool's oh this not island? a lot to come apparently yeah no no, no deadpool he's a mutate but <laughs> So they land on the island, uh, the summers that is. They're yeah. checking things out. Cable mm-hmm. and Rachel are like bickering, like a like a family. Yeah, uh, it's creepy. Everybody's very like, weird. Everyone's creepy. adjusted. But uh, yeah, they find like all kinds of crazy indigenous life on this new on this new island. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got like a crazy like black rhino, and then yeah. crazy vegetation that's in the form of like giant horrible snakes, and it eats the rhino. Yeah, and, and, then, and then Stranger Things attacks the rhino. Yeah, and then and then a friggin' demogorgon just eats a rhino. <laughs> Um, and I'm, and, and then suddenly I'm thinking, oh my God, is this where those freaking monsters came from, from X-Force number one? Ah. Uh, so then they fight, uh, with, you know, with everything, like with the, with the, with the indigenous creatures, uh, and we meet up with a thing called the Arak Maw. Wait, the monsters from, from X-Force? Yeah. In X-Force number one, Wolverine fights a boar. Oh, right, 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 like right, right, right. He talks about all these like, crazy wild creatures that no, weren't on Krakoa. I don't think so, because these are all themed very specifically. I know they are. But I thought, like, well, of... maybe X-Force number one takes place right after this issue? Well, maybe. It doesn't. But, no. like, maybe, <laughs> because that would explain it. But maybe it's more just like the, the threads aren't holding together. So anyway, we go to the Arak Mall. And uh, this is very, the most Hickman thing we could possibly do. Hey, it's an all-white person with black lettering on them. Oh, is it Black Swan? No, different thing. So um, in East of West, there's a character who's Death, who's also all-white. But there's also a character named Wolf. Yep. Looks just like antithesis. this. No, he does not look just like this. Wolf is a big guy with no hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he, has, like, he is paired up with Crow. Crow is what they look like. And I was like... What? No, Crow's the opposite of this. Right. And we saw already, we already saw Crow. Yeah, that's right. Crow is also in this book, but in a different issue. Yeah, so I was like, ha! All right, I'm down. I still like the colors and the design, so oh, I'm yeah, just like, no, it's, it's fine. It still works. Let people see it. So, well, uh... We didn't read the other thing. You want to talk about the, the, like, the summoners? Seriously? This came out of, like, nowhere. I'm like, okay, we're dealing with genetics. We're dealing with, like, pod crazy people. time travel and pod people and this future and robots No! And New island! New stuff! Demons! Yeah. What? Which is, like, we kind of got that with the crow-like character, la- like, the last time we saw yeah. her. But, like, straight up, like, what? Yeah. So, like, this dude who I literally can't remember the name of, <laughs> is chatting with the island, clearly, or, like, some sort of, like, uh, obelisky kind of thing mm-hmm. about how, like, you know, they're here, and it's like, you're going to be scared. It's going to be creepy and crazy for you, but you got to do this crap. Yep. Like, you got to find him, follow mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Who's, who's him? him? Who are they talking about? It's cool. We'll find out. But we talk a lot about, like, the um, the summoners mm-hmm. and how there's different levels of summoners, um... 
of like in in terms of uh i guess the magic or the demons here like they can, here we go it's like the low level summoners they can summon like a demon like next level up it's like a, like a higher level demon and like a horde of elementals and like the top the high summoner they can like summon like I think it's a horde of oh, it's a horde of elementals and three major demons. And up to, up but not to. including three men, three major exactly. Demons. And this like this little guy, he's the, he's a high summoner, so he's summoning all kinds of things. So yes. the they come across him, yeah. and they're like, "Hey, what's up?" And like Cable, Cable just tries to kill him. No, like, immediately. No, he does not. No, he does because they not... talk to him, and then he goes like, "I gave you a gift, and it's a grenade." I legit thought he was an idiot, and he like I read no, that. No, Cable as... is that's how Cable solves his problems. He's like, I'm gonna oh. kill it. Oh, it was so completely stupid. That is so not. I was like, I read that he was an idiot in a different way, where I was just like, he's just like, no, I like these. No, 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 no. I think he was like, no, I gave him a grenade. This will solve our problem. He gave him a thermal detonator, which I was just. It like, was straight up a thermal detonator, by the way. I was like, cool. Like, yeah, yeah no, he, go, he had every intention of, of of killing of killing this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Cable tries to blow him up. And of course he doesn't because then the story would be over. Yeah. So. Uh, but hang on. A key here is that they actually can't communicate with one another. Right. They, yeah. Yeah. So like the, he, this being hears what sounds like grunts of pain almost coming I from I love that mouth. description of what English sounds like. He's yeah. like, it sounds like you're in pain. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, that's what we sound like to, yeah. to, to these, these yeah. higher beings. Exactly. Or, or and beings. to them, it sounds like he's singing almost. Yes. I was like, that's really cool. That's what Elvish must sound like yeah. when actually spoken by an elf because they're real. And no, not Liv Tyler. Um, <laughs> um, but so like the communication thing is, is an obvious issue for them. Also, mind you, Krakoa is on a beeline for this. That's right. That's the whole reason where they're going there like, is because Krakoa is like, is like shredding through the ocean trying to get to this island. So yeah, like, so let's they, take the Blackbird. We'll get to this island first. They had like T minus five hours. And so, by the time they find this guy, they have like an hour, if that, not even to deal with this. Yes. And um, so this guy immediately is like, all right, cool. And he summons a bunch of demons, some great beasts. Yes. And such things. They are pretty great. By they the are way. pretty cool. Yeah. Like, uh, Ur Like Urgogloth. <laughs> the great beast of the outer realm. And Hulgodir, the vanquished god. And Dur the undying. The cedar. Cedar. Oh, they're all called. Oh, he's, no, saying, he's saying see. See, see them. Behold. What, where, which one's Dur? Dur is, I think, the one on the right. It's like the, 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 the crab oh, octopus monster. Oh, I. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like, like, I like Dur the Undying being that crab guy, and I was really hoping he I was. I think it is. Okay, good. Yeah. Because, like, that's really funny to me. So, obviously, <laughs> they launch into battle. It's not going well. Nope. And then Cyclops is like, wait a minute. We need to be able to communicate with him. And, like, Hope's like, I can't. He's like, no, 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 no. No, no, You Rachel. help, or Rachel, sorry. Rachel's like, you can't. Oh, by the way, part of the Krakoa thing, sidebar, um, Krakoa's making a beeline. Nobody can communicate for it, with it. Because everyone's either dead or not on the island. Well, They're in space. Yeah, the one person who can communicate with Krakoa, they sent away, which was exactly the thing I said was incorrect about doing that. Yes, and they acknowledge it in the, in the dialogue of the book. They're like, yeah. why'd you do that? You know, I thought it was a good idea at the time. Yeah. Anyway, um, Rachel's like, yeah, I can't do that. He's like, no, 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 no. You helped to put the Krakoan language in like almost every mutant who came onto Krakoa. Right. Put it in his head. Yeah, so that he can speak Krakoan. And then we can all speak Krakoan together. Exactly. So they do that and he's like, oh, that was that was clever. Yeah. Like, did you mean to kill me? 
He's right. Like, well, I mean, that really well, and Cable's like flippant, and that's I always I, I took it as to mean where he was like, no, you weren't supposed to turn it on. Like I, I nobody hands someone a grenade with the intent of not letting them blow up. I just literally thought he was just like, no, this is a good gift. I want this as a gift. Right. Like you give something to someone that you'd like to have. That's the kind of person he is. I don't think that's actually how you should give gifts, but fine. I agree. Anyway, um, but, so like, yeah. So they're like, what's your deal? And he, and like, you know, he not what's your deal. Why is Krakoa coming here? That's the number one thing that they want to figure out and solve. And so, like, the, the guy's like, have you ever loved someone? Like, do you love someone? Yeah, and Scott's like, that's complicated. And you're like, oh, man, what are they talking that's about? Their, that's their status online. Yeah. It's, it's, complicated. it's complicated. But for the sake of expediency, let's just say, yes, I love a single someone. A single someone. A single someone. So it might be Hippin talking about, like, no, there aren't three ways. <laughs> I love one person. Well, he's like, there might be three ways. I just don't love him. Right. <laughs> Or one of them. Listen, three ways are about love, okay? It just happens, I guess. Yeah, but the point is... I love also the demons are still here. Then they're just like, oh, well, you summoned us, but like, you know... I want to see how this turns out. We, we, you, don't have to, you don't have to fight us anymore, but we're exactly. not actually going to go anywhere. And it doesn't matter anyway, because Krakoa is here, yep. and it touches... The island. Yeah. And, and then, then the island bang. They, the islands bang. And they say that because they're like, are they... Ew... Which is like, it's plants, whatever. You guys right. literally have been like living a nonstop orgy. You're going to give I islands know. a hard time? I love it because, no, because it's more of Hickman being like, no, they're banging. Everything's banging. Even the island's banging. Everybody's banging. I wanted to call this X-Men banging, but Marvel said no. I wanted to call it Sex-Men. Yeah, like, Sex-Men, but no. They Bullshit. Couldn't do that. So I got the sex tent. It's I don't. It's fine. I, I couldn't call it the sex tent. Yeah. So sex tent. So anyway, Krakoa and the and the other place become one, one big island. Yeah. And we see it's like kind of near where Emma Frost's area is, or like uh -huh. the Hellfire Club's area is. Yeah. But it's off limits. Right. And like so, he's just like they're like, where are you going? He's like, nowhere. I live here now. Right. Exactly. Uh, this, this is where I live. Yeah. And then we find out. Who he is. Oh, that's right. And who is he? Who is he indeed? It's Apocalypse. Oh, man, what? Yeah, and Apocalypse is like kind of aware. Oh, Apocalypse. This is all part of exactly. Apocalypse's plan. Right? And like, he's just like, hey, did you run away or were you sent? And like, he's like, I would have stayed if I could. Yeah. I would have stayed if I could, but like, uh, Araco, uh, you know, is, is, is having a hard time right now. And, mm -hmm. uh, you need to help. You yes. need to save us. Right. Uh, so this is War's son. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so I'm, but I'm here now. And so then who's the other one? Right. Whose kid is that? Yeah. And Look I'm like, is this really out. coming down to the like, a pot, like the horseman? I hope so. That'd be cool. Like the classic ones. Remember we saw them? Remember he was just like, I would like, like he would give them like, er like all up just for them? Yes. Yeah. Like he's going to abandon like, I guess the like dream of like mutant, like, Mutants not only having equality, but also yeah. taking over to save them. Is yeah. that going to yeah. be the Achilles heel of this whole thing? Yeah, and that'll be a big war between Apocalypse and Xavier, and that'll be totally dope. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll be the event, the Infinity-esque event that you'll see. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be cool. I mean, it's kind of neat to put, like, Apocalypse back out there. Oh, yeah, no, it's that, a good idea. In that capacity. It's a great idea. It's been a while, I no, guess, yeah. kind of. Agreed. So that'll be dope. Mm -hmm. um, Sad Othani says, the head of X demands X banging. <laughs> Hashtag bang tidy. Bang tides? Bang tides? I don't know. Bang tidy. I like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, jumping back into the super chats really quick. I just wanted to make sure we got everybody. Um, I don't think we did. We did not. Uh, what was it? Uh, Kevin Kruger says, out of the DC showcase shorts coming out, what are you most excited about? Sergeant Rock, Death, Phantom Stranger, A Death in the Family, or Adam Strange? Uh, I guess Death in the Family, although I really want to see that Death one. Death. 
Um, Why did I point at myself and say that out loud? That seems really bad. I don't know. Uh, Jack O'Connell says, I'm loving the new Summers family dynamic. Rachel and Nate have a very sibling vibe. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you going to do Ultimate Spider-Man soon? Love the channel. We just did Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, there is something weird about how the uh, there's an idealistic nature to a lot of these scenarios yeah. where it's like people's minds are being altered almost. Oh. Anyway. That'd be fun if the whole thing was a dream. Not a dream, but like everyone's in a dream state. Right. They're in the tubes. They're, uh, they're the on the cube. Yeah, they're on the goo. Zilbert Cricket says, uh, I just want to bring up uh, this because it's really important to know if Hickman's actually paying attention to continuity. Jean can no longer be Phoenix. She's received like a Phoenix inoculation three years ago. Yeah, no, he's not going to do that. Well, they Hickman can... invented well, hang on. the Inheritors she... and the Beyonder race. On. She received, received a Phoenix inoculation three years ago. What if the genetics are like a Sinister's pulling from? Yeah. If it's an inoculation, that sounds like it's a, gen- a genetic thing, and like Sinister could obviously be using pre-inoculation DNA for that. Plus, like, or just remove it because he's like a master of genetics. Well, and my theory was it's not even Gene; that's Phoenix. Oh, uh, there you go. Uh, Kevin <laughs> says, uh, "Monster Island, Dinosaur Island X, uh, Dinosaur Island, Monster Island, Dinosaur Island X over, please." A crossover, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I would love to see that. Yeah. But uh, so, so, like, I assume any time, though, Monster Island's going to show up, too. They're going to head for that next. Uh, just make a big continent of crazy. Uh, <laughs> Price 8040. X-Men, you got time travel, you got science, you got magic. Won't all that for one team make that everything confusing? What? No, shut up. Go read Avengers if you want something less convol- convoluted. <laughs> yeah, I quit Avengers because it was so convoluted. There you go. Uh, and, of course, Sad Othani jumps back in, and he said that thing I I was like, yeah, you did that already. already. So, I was there. Uh, yeah, let's do some recommendations. Books that are coming out this week we think you should pick up. Uh, I got a bunch. 2099 Alpha, for example, number one. This big old 2099 event happening. I'm really excited for it. I think Victor Bogdanovic's drawing it. I hope he is. If he Woo! isn't, he'll be doing something else. Good stuff. 2099. I'm excited. Nice. Yeah. I haven't been excited for 299 in a long time because they haven't been doing it right. Okay. But now they might be. Who knows? Absolute Carnage is over this week. Check it out. Mm-hmm. I don't need you don't need me to tell you that. Like you're reading it. Or if you're not, you're not gonna start reading it because I told you to. But yeah, Absolute Carnage finally wrapping up. And I'm excited for it. Um, Amazing Mary Jane continuing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, comes out issue uh, two comes out this week. There you go. So check that out. Um what was the other thing? Uh oh. There's a prelude to December's Annihilation sequel event. Uh, you should check it out. It's called Annihilation Scourge, I think. Uh, that's cool, I guess. If you like Annihilation, you may enjoy this. I hope so. <laughs> I hope it's good. I, I hope so. I don't want it to be a waste of a name, because that would be very disappointing. All right. You've got uh, a lot to read next week. I know. Excalibur number two comes out. Nice. And uh, that looks like fun. You know, I dug it. I dug the first one. This is one of those, this is one of the X-Men spinoffs that I like. So, check it out. Uh, Similarly, Marauders, continuing on. Marauders number two. That cover's really fun. It is really fun, so. That cover's really fun. Yeah, I know it doesn't like a good Marauder. That's a good question. Uh, Absolute DC, the New Frontier... 15th anniversary edition hardcovers coming out. If that you are looking funny. for an excuse to buy New Frontier, uh, you, you you could do worse than this week. 15th anniversary edition. 
Also, you don't need an excuse. It's just good. Go check it out. Yeah, and check out our back issues on it because it's a lot of fun. Hang on, I'm going to recommend that one. Yeah, please. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to jump in then uh, and talk about uh, Batman White Knight Presents Von Fries number one. What? Yeah, that one's by Sean uh, Gordon Murphy and Klaus Janssen. I love so, the Klaus Janssen's uh, inking Murphy's art. That's such a great idea. I love Freeze. I'm interested to see how this goes. This cover is dope. That's so good. It is so dope. I, I Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading that. Um, Batman Superman number four. I like Williamson. I'm not sure if I like this series, but I'm still reading it. I hate this Year of the Villain thing. It's time to stop. I'm just, I'm really, I'm legitimately sick of the Batman who laughs. He needs to go away. It's, Bye. It's done. Yeah. It's played out. I'm sick of it. His whole thing is he can't lose. That's boring. Yeah. But hey, you know what's not boring? DC gets his hardcover edition. Wow. Yeah. It's a good cover, too. I know. It's sad. It feels like these things are coming out faster and faster. They got them ready. I'm also going to recommend this. All right. So really quick. um, When I was a kid, they made these, like, comic book adaptations of the movie that the comic was based on coming out. Uh, So, like, Batman had a movie in 1989. Uh, They made a comic book adaptation that came out at the same time. Uh, They used the script and the characters, uh, you know, the the actors, that is. And the art is phenomenal in this book. And I loved it as a kid. And it has a couple of moments that are like, what? Like, they're iconic moments from the movie, but there's also like moments that weren't in the movie because they used the script. Uh, So it's kind of neat. But like, yeah, so they're coming out with a... HD or a hardcover deluxe edition of the 1989 Batman movie comic book adaptation. Um, I loved this book when I was a kid. Uh, I was obviously not old enough to read this back when this came out. I picked it up way later, but like it's still, uh, uh, it has a special place in my life and I loved it. So the fact that they're, that they're doing something with it is kind of neat. That's really sweet. Yeah. So check that out. And here's something that I'm recommending that you're also recommending. Yeah, I don't know why, but both of us decided that we should recommend this to you. Agreed. He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse, number what? one of six. <laughs> <laughs> DC's obsessed with their multiverses and their anti-verses, and this is the scourge of anti-attorney as unleashed on the multiverse. Sweet. So... Uh, why not? Six issues. Yeah. I'm now, not going to give it six issues. On, now it it's up to a ragtag team of, survive, of surviving He-Man, He-Men to <laughs> recruit the one man in existence who might save them. Prince Keldor, the man who would beca- become Skeletor. That's awesome. I love that idea. So read that. <laughs> so go check that out. Yeah. Why not? Right. What else you got? Uh, along the same lines of just badass men in loincloths, Conan the Barbarian, Yay. number 11, I guess the penultimate of yes. Jason Aaron's. I, I'm always like hesitant to use that word. I'm like, am it's I saying It's the second it? to last one. Yes, yeah, I'm like, am I saying that correctly? <laughs> um, of Jason Aaron's run will be coming out. Conan, King Conan is dead, but let's find out if he really is. Oh. Hey, Krom, you coming through this time? What's going on? I love I the know. idea of seeing Krom. That'd be amazing. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Right? Let's see what happens. Maybe Conan must convince Krom. Maybe he has to, like, do some great deed to convince Krom to send back... That'd be cool. ...the greatest warrior of all. What else you got? Um, I, I got 
something that we all got to be really excited about. Ready for this one? Yeah. Something is killing the children. Number three is coming out. Oh no way! Something is killing the children. Number three is coming out. Yeah. From Boom Studios, James Tynan. Yep. Werther-Dell, et cetera. Um, <laughs> it's like broken up. It's it's just go buy it. Yeah. Just go buy it and then buy the other ones if you can find them. Then to top all that off, if that wasn't enough to get you excited um, from Boom Studios, Once of Future Number 4 is coming oh, out, Oh, yay! <laughs> By the way, if you would like to see <laughs> Tiffany talk to James Tynan IV about Something's Killing the Children, you should go to uh, facebook.com slash comicpopofficial, uh, where we uploaded the video because it would never do well on the YouTubes. Yeah. So it's over there. Uh, it's also, I believe, on our Instagram, instagram.com slash comicpopofficial. Yeah. So check those out if you want to watch her talk to James Tynan the Fourth about sweet. those books. That's very sweet. But yeah, Once the Future 4. Yeah, Once the Future 4 is coming out. We're going to be learning a little bit about Gran. Oh, cool. And some family secrets. Yay, good. So I'm excited to find out more about that. What's uh, what's the deal with that? You notice uh, Duncan's a redhead. Uh-oh. So chicks. Yeah. Maybe they're siblings. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Grand probably picked her. Probably. To be, like, to follow in her footsteps. Yeah. Didn't quite work out. Mm -mm. So, uh, Duncan's up at the plate. So, yeah. I am excited. It's cool. So, uh, uh, listen, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, check those books out on Wednesday. And, of course, uh, yeah, if you... And don't forget, like, yeah, you, 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 you check out what's coming out the following week, too, because then you might want to save some stuff to read over that Thanksgiving break if you're in the U.S. If not enough comes out that week. So yeah, got to have some stuff lined up. You can't always sit there at the family table. No, time. but when you do escape, of course, go to Comic Pop, youtube.com slash Comic Pop. Subscribe to the channel. Click the bell. Tell the friggin' thing. Fill out your tax returns and give over all that information to them so that you can get enough up to date about when we friggin' put out videos. Please. Yes, please do it. <laughs> but we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we want to give a special extra thank you to our sponsors for today's episode, those super chatters out there. Thank you all so much for your generosity and for your thoughtfulness. We really, really appreciate it. It helps out the channel in a big, bad way. So, uh, that's that's it. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks a lot for watching. Thanks, I'm Sal. Thanks, guys. I'm Tiffany. So long, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.